So yeah, guys, today what we're going to be talking about is that the battle for purity is worth it when we take time to understand our old selves and learn how to put on the new self in Christ. The war on purity is won when we lean on God and the body around us, which Mackenzie will share more about later. And today, guys, when I speak, I'm speaking from a place of weakness. This is something in my life that I've had to learn and battle through for years. So please understand as I share these things, like I'm a fellow sister in the battle with you guys in all of this. Um, so we're going to go to Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. All right, I'm going to read it. It says... So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart and they having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you may lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. What stands out to me in this passage with the way the Gentiles had walked is the words that are used as far as futility of mind, darkened in understanding, and excluded from the life of God. And so I wanted to go deeper into like, what does this look like or mean? Because there's such deep words and I wanted to discover it more. And so the first one, futility of our minds, means worthless thinking that leads to worthless decisions, serving no useful purpose, completely ineffective. Because of our impurity, our minds is incapable of having useful thought. Darkened in understanding, we can't really grasp or understand the importance of boundaries and start to rationalize as we get dragged away and just the things that we'll say to ourselves and it just doesn't make sense for us to now want to live righteously. You know, you think of the party scene at our schools. You know, they think that partying and living it up is what life is all about and can't even grasp or understand that their life is worthless because they are so deceived and convinced that they're getting the most out of life. Um, Excluded from the life of God, we think this is real living and giving ourselves over to whatever pleases ourselves. When in reality, we forget or have no idea what true life is because it's only found in a loving, reconciled relationship in God through Christ Jesus. So does any of these things sound attractive or appealing in any way of our lives? To me, I'm like, it scares me, right? It's the call like Christina was talking about, like it convicts you and then inspires you this passage. And we can get caught up in them and then leave God like the passage says. Um, So how does this happen? How do we get to this place in regards to our impurity? We get to this place 
when we don't take time to unlearn our old selves. We're lazy or scared to even go back there because it's too painful or feel too guilty. If we don't take time to unlearn ourselves, an ignorance can develop in us where we become naive, lackadaisical about it, or hopeless in our fight for purity. Our mind becomes futile and capable of useful thoughts, which then results into that darkened understanding and how we need to fight this battle. The other part of the problem is a hardness of heart that develops because we don't take time to study out God's heart, to fight for purity, and then we don't take God seriously in his warnings and commandments of impurity. We get prideful, don't get fully open, take, we don't take certain steps or boundaries because we don't think we need them or we think we're above them. Um, then if we remain ignorant in these ways, the scripture says that we become calloused and we give ourselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. We offer ourselves up on a silver platter with Satan and he has his way with however he wants us to lose this battle. Um, the result in this passage, like it says, is we're excluded from the life of God. So what is the futility of your mind? How have you been darkened in your understanding in regards to purity? How can you be ignorant when it comes to your fight for purity? And right now, guys, I'm going to stop. I couldn't afford to be ignorant of my battle with understanding that that's what my life was like. And when I started pursuing a relationship with God, because I had seen where my impurity had gotten me in my life, I got into his word and learned how to be renewed in the spirit of my mind and found hope. And here's what I found. I'm going to list off a bunch of scriptures. So the first one's Romans 1.24. It says that God gave them over to their impurity. I don't want to be given over to my impurity and miss out on my relationship with God. Ephesians 5.3, not even a hint of impurity. My hint meant that I couldn't have any access to specific men in my life where I knew I could get anything from them. So what does your hint look like? Uh, Ephesians 5, 11 through 13, don't even speak of such things. I'm not even gonna speak to them or speak about them in my head, wondering about where they are. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Satan knows to get me with these men, so I can't be fooled into thinking they have my best interest in mind and they don't want to do anything to harm me. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all things for it determines the course of your life. My heart is precious to God, so I'm going to guard it by not giving it away to men so flippantly. 1 Corinthians 10.23, all things are permissible, but not everything beneficial. Certain things may not be against a particular scripture, but they are not good for me. So they are against the spirit in me, which leads me to do things that are not good for me spiritually. Proverbs 5.3, for the lips of an adulteress drip honey and smoother than oil is her speech. When I talk to men, there is to be no flirting or manipulative talk coming from my mouth because that's all my conversations were with men all the time. 
Proverbs 5, 6, she does not ponder the path of life. Her ways are unstable. She does not know it. My ways are unstable, and I need help from my sisters to help me figure it out. Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want to see God. So whatever it takes for me to be pure, I'll do it. And the last one, Song of Songs. It's 2735584. It says the exact same time, it says the exact same thing three times in the Bible. It says, do not awaken love before it so desires. So God is the one who is in control of my love life, not me. After looking at these passages, I saw that I saw what God wants, how God wants me to take this battle seriously, because the cost is high and it isn't worth it. I found hope and beauty in God's commands when I saw that I could be renewed in the spirit of my mind, find purpose in putting on the new self and learning Christ in this way. We get to be pursued by a man of God the way God pursued us. It's pretty incredible. I can speak from experience now being married and doing it God's way. It's truly special. I got this godly marriage because of God, not anything I've done or how awesome I am. It was simply a gift from God. My husband had never kissed a woman. I was his first kiss. Waking up and being married to him is a picture of God's heart for me. I thought I deserved someone who'd been like my past, yet God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve and instead gives us his very best always. We are created for righteousness and holiness of truth. How much time have you taken to seriously unlearn your old self and put on the new self? Have you taken the time to personally study this out and take God for his word about this? God taught me how to walk in purity and lay my old self aside. What I forgot to do after a time, though, was actively put on the new self, like it says in Ephesians 4.24. So what happened? Three months later, after I was a disciple... Um, I just started becoming futile in my mind. I started to not be self-controlled in my thoughts, not being self-controlled in the way I linger my eyes at work. And eventually I found a guy who caught my attention. And he was handsome, confident, gentleman, paid no attention to any other women, which made him more attractive to me. I started giving him more time and thinking that, what's the worst that can happen with me just simply talking, saying hi, And it's only a little flirting, you know? It could be worse compared to what I used to do. He won't respond back to my advances. And if he does respond, I'm strong enough to say no, right? Well, he took my hands and eventually asked me to go to frozen yogurt with him. And I wasn't strong enough to say no. I became even more darkened in my understanding the way I started rationalizing in my heart. And I heard the spirit talking to me and waking me up. The spirit was like, this is dangerous. Do you remember your conviction? No one-on-one time with men. Why? Because you know in Psalm 118.9, it is better to take refuge in the Lord. You can't put your trust in princes, in men who cannot save. But I reasoned my darkened understanding, once again, how harmless could it be? It's just yogurt. We're in public. What's the worst that can happen? I have this under control. So I decided to go and I wasn't strong enough and that one decision led me down a three month journey of living a hypocritical life of being a disciple that was excluded from the life of God. 
I was being trained in the ministry, showing everyone on the outside how awesome I'm doing, while slowly becoming calloused and keeping this man all to myself to give over into sensuality for every kind of impurity and greediness in my heart to feel love and affection while lying to everyone about what I was doing. Eventually, I decided to go to church and tell everyone I was leaving God because I don't love him anymore, but really, I didn't want to give up this man who could be my husband. I literally thought that. The sermon that Sunday was an Old Testament story about a man named Jacob who wrestled with God. The man who was preaching that day said, one day you're going to come at a crossroad in your life. You're going to wrestle this out with God and become stronger than you ever thought possible, or you're going to walk away. And I was like... Okay, who told somebody? There's no way this is possible. Like, this can't be, like, this can't be happening. And I was so grateful because it was totally God shouting down from heaven saying, I'm not done with you yet. Please wake up, you know. And I came to my senses, and I remembered that I didn't learn Christ in this way. You know, he's my first love. How did I fall so far? And so I grabbed some of my sisters, confessed it all, and broke up with that guy the same night and never saw him again. I was reminded of how it felt to live a life excluded from God, and it terrified me. I was so grateful to God that he was rich in mercy and called me back to his love. To learn and be created in his righteousness and holiness of truth once again. But even after I decided to repent of this, my impure relationship with him, my battle for purity took on a new form into fighting for emotional purity. This is an impurity that comes from greediness. And let's expand on this in the passage. It says, it starts again by becoming futile in our thinking. There's no purpose in investing an excess, unhealthy amount of time and our emotions into one person. Spending more time around that person and talking to that person than we do God or the sisters around you. We're allowed to be this close because we're best friends or he's just my brother. But just because we say this doesn't mean it's okay. Um, we become darkened in our understanding in which we don't see the importance of boundaries or, and start to rationalize our actions as we get dragged away and it doesn't make sense to live righteously anymore. They're the first person we greet at any meeting of the body and the last person we spend time talking to. You guys are exclusive in the way you guys have conversation in a group or you purposely exclude people from the conversation. And it feels awkward for others to be around you guys because you're so zoned in on one another. You text 24-7. You're the only people that are taking each other out on dates when you're not dating. And you pretty much look like you're dating, act like you're dating, without the title of being boyfriend or girlfriend. We are greedy for their attention, time, and hearts in which we can't get enough of and wanting more and more. So how do you know if you have an emotionally impure relationship with a guy? If he started dating right now, would you be jealous, hurt, or have a breakdown? If yes, then you are. Even if some of these sound familiar to you, or it doesn't sound wrong, or there's hints of this in your life where you don't quite understand it, you know, talk about this with your campus minister, a woman in the church that you deeply respect in the way they walk in their purity or godly marriage. There's, for me, there was a friendship that I had um, with this brother, and I remember him calling me. We were best friends, 
And that's what I said, but we still spent a lot of time with each other. And I remember him calling me and he was like, hey, so I gotta tell you, we can't be as close anymore because my girlfriend is jealous of our friendship. And I like, there's two things that happen. One, I hated that I made my fellow sister struggle. I made her fall into sin all because I didn't think about how it would hurt her by my relationship with him at all. And two, I just remember I had a breakdown and I ran to the sisters and I cried and I cried as if I was in a relationship being broken up with. And I just was like, woke up. I'm like, I had no idea I was doing this. I was completely blind, completely ignorant, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't attracted to him. But that doesn't mean it was okay for me to be that close to him, you know? And so it was very real for me, and I've had to constantly learn that. So um, I had to constantly keep learning, unlearning the way I was being emotionally pure with my brothers. It was a process, and I had to keep going back to unlearning my ignorance and falling back into my old self and go back to taking God's commandments seriously. So how much time have you taken to seriously unlearn your old self and put on the new self? Do you trust God in his heart, Mm -hmm. in his commands, about what he says about purity? Mm -hmm. Do you trust that it will save your relationship and your life with him? Our battle for purity is a journey of unlearning our old self and learning how to put on the new self in Christ. The question is, will you choose to be ignorant of it or learn Christ in his way and do something about it? This is how we fight the battle day in and day out. But how we win the war comes from God being our first love and leaning into the body, which Mackenzie is going to share more on that. Thank you so much, Chelsea, um, for even sharing so vulnerably. That's always hard. Um, but it's always, like, refreshing because you're like, okay, we really are all in this fight together. It's not yeah. like none of you have done something like, wow, I've never heard of that. <laughs> no, we're, we're all on the, at the foot of the cross. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy how, um, how sin, especially impurity causes our minds to darken and our thinking um, to change, to be worthless. Like, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, I think a lot of times we think sin just kind of changes actions. Yeah. Um, but it really changes the way you think. Mm-hmm. That's why we're called to, you know, repent. Change the way you think. Yeah. We have to think like God thinks. Um, mm-hmm. If you've engaged with impurity in your mind... Um, uh, your mind has been corrupted. Mm-hmm. You know, Chelsea talked about that. You know, she even shared with her own life her decisions, her, you know, the decisions that came from that corruption. Mm-hmm. Um, for, from what I've seen, Satan's main uh, way he darkens our minds with impurity is through convincing us the fight can be done alone. Mm-hmm. Because I think impurity, like, we just feel shameful. I'm not yeah. telling nobody nothing. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't express that. They're yeah. going to look at me differently or, mm. um, yeah, or just like, you're gross, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but God has proven a way to transform our minds and allow us to overcome. And I believe yeah. you're here because you want your mind to be transformed. Yeah. You yeah. don't want 
to feel shameful or sit in that shame. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to. Your hearts don't have to be darkened, and your mind doesn't have to be deceived. There is a way out. Yeah. But the only way, like, is if we do it together. Like, you know, just uh, Christina shared about reading the book of Ephesians. Read yeah. the whole book of Ephesians. It's literally about the body of Christ. Yeah. The whole book. Mm-hmm. And God's like, be together. Be yeah. together. Like, it's repeated. Oh, and I read the whole thing. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I've never, never read this book correctly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so we're going to read right now in Ephesians 4, uh, a little bit before, 11 through 16. So Christ gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. When we understand the full impact of Jesus, it happens... uh, when we are in like serving in God's body. Like that's the only way. We grow spiritually when everyone is doing their part. Yeah. Um we won't be easily persuaded when we're connected to mm-hmm. each other. You know, um Paul is like trying to get something because he kind of repeats himself. And that's kind of what he does when he writes in general. <laughs> Cuz he's trying to make a point. He's like, "Listen up. Let me say it again." He's like, "Guess what? Be together." Be connected. Be knitted. You know, serve each other. Mm-hmm. Know your role. Actually, here are, look at these specific roles that are even set up. Yeah. Like, we're meant to be together. We're meant to work. We're meant to live our lives together. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, if you want to be pure, we have to do it together. Yeah. And I get it. It's not easy. <laughs> it, doesn't, I don't, it doesn't matter what you've, what's happened in your background. Some of us have stuff that... You know, we weren't in control of, we were in control of. Yeah. All of it does affect us. Yeah. Um, whether you're like, I, I've never touched a boy's hand, you know, or someone who's like, you know, I, I've been very promiscuous before yeah. becoming a Christian. It's all hard. It doesn't matter. Um, and what's really intent, like crazy, is that our brain even remembers things. Yeah. What we've done, what we've watched. Mm-hmm. It's mind-blowing if you really study it out how intense your brain remembers all those things Mm -hmm. and it doesn't go away and you're like where where are you going Mackenzie (laughs) we have to literally retrain the way we think Mm -hmm. we have to retrain how we make decisions that's why we become a Christian you gotta retrain everything yeah (laughs) you know everything you've done throw it out the window you have to do everything differently now yeah and, um, and that's going to take really hard decisions, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you're going to be like, it's just yogurt. This isn't a hard decision. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go. It's fine. <laughs> but to say no actually is really hard because yeah. you're kind of like, it's not bad. 
I want to go, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I really want to talk about uh, just a couple of things. Have you guys ever heard about uh, this? My husband came out with this, or maybe he heard it from someone. I have no idea. Um, halt B. You guys may have heard it because he's said it before. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's these emotions. Hungry. Angry. Lonely. Tired. Bored. And embarrassed. So these things happen all the time to us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, when we have any of these feelings, it's like, wow, sin is at your door potentially. And we, okay, are we, are, what, what are we going to do with these emotions? What are we going to do with these feelings? Whether you're connected to them or not. You're just like, I know, I'm feeling something. I don't know what it is. You're going to go and do something because of the emotions. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to just ignore it. Yeah. When you're hungry, what do you do? You go eat. Yeah. Did you know that when you're hungry, you can go sin? Have you ever thought about that? People fast, and they can mm. fall into impurity. And it's, it's happened for people. Mm. You're kind of like, wow, you're fasting. That's like spiritual. It doesn't make sense. That's, what happens. that's how strong feelings can be sometimes. Mm. Um, and I think that's what Satan tells us, you know? Um, but what does God say? You know, let's think about when you're hungry. Deny yourself. Yeah. You know, we all know that. Luke 9, 23. Take up your cross. Put God first. That's what God says. Mm-hmm. When we're angry, what do, you, what do you think Satan says? He's like, don't forgive them. They're not worth your time. Mm-hmm. Their fault. Don't love that person anymore. Mm-hmm. You're in the right. Don't be humble. And then you, when you're angry, you're going to go do something. You're going to go be impure. Yeah. Because you want to, this is how you deal with your emotions. You're going to go sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, people will go uh, be impure. But God says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Mm. You know, forget that person if that's the issue. Resolve with people. Resolve your personal anger. Maybe it's just stuff that's in your life that's hard. Um, Restore friendships, you know. Maybe you're mad at someone. Okay. God says, go restore it. Go fix it. Mm -hmm. When we're lonely. I feel like this is a big one. (laughs) Yeah. It's huge. Um, Satan says, go watch porn. Go masturbate. You know, like, fulfill it. Um, you know, you, you're not going to have any other chance with this guy, so you might as well do more, you know. <laughs> or you're not going to have anyone else. Or you're never going to get married, so go mm-hmm. do this. Go do that. Yeah. Spend time alone with that guy. Like, you're feeling a lot. Let him, you know, be your security. Um, or hug your boyfriend longer, you know. Oh, I just need this. Mm. This feels so great. Yeah. I'm so lonely. He, he makes me feel so great. Um, go on a date from work. A guy from work. Someone who's not a disciple. Yeah. Just, it doesn't matter. You're lonely. Like, build up. God says, I'm enough. Yeah. He says, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in, glory in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.19. I don't think anyone else can say, I will supply you whatever you need. Yeah. <laughs> My husband cannot do that. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. He can't. <sighs> like, God's the only one that can supply. He yeah. will totally give you what you need when you're lonely. Mm-hmm. When you're tired, Satan says, it's not too late. Keep talking. 
it won't it doesn't matter if you're tired don't go home stay a little longer uh don't waste your energy on controlling your thoughts Mm -hmm. go wander on the internet yeah god says rest why there is that's why he taught people in the beginning rest yeah on the sabbath it's like find me rest in me i will strengthen you psalm 28 7 i will refresh you god says psalm 23 3 you know saying will use all of these um to really say you know security happens when you're in control so when you're feeling something that's you in control so you're secure yeah that's a lie. Mm-hmm. God says, I am your security. I am your rock. Yeah. Um, come to me. Follow me. That is when we have security. Mm-hmm. Um, or when you're bored. Escape life. Wander in your mind. Think about you know, things you've done in the past. and Look at romantic movies. Um, and God says, like, invest in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Practice hospitality. Romans 12, 13. Yeah, 1 Corinthians sweet. 12. Uh, people are suffering. Go suffer with people. Go rejoice mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. There are things to be done. Go make disciples. Matthew 28. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Serve the poor. There's yeah. always poor people. If you're bored, there's plenty to do in the kingdom of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're embarrassed, he says, hide. Satan's like, go hide. Don't tell people if they knew what you just did. Mm-hmm. You know what they would say about you? They're not going to love you. No one will understand. But God's like, come into the light. Mm-hmm. You know, John three nineteen, And, you know, I think the biggest one, Romans 5, 8. He's like, I gave up my son for you when you were a sinner. Yeah. But that's what God did. It doesn't matter. He didn't give it up when you were all shiny and awesome. Yeah. He gave it up. He gave Jesus up when you were at your worst. Yeah. Like, who does that? No one. No, I don't. That's why it says, who will die for a good person? Who will die? I'm not going to. No. You know, very few people I would do that for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think for me, I struggled a lot with being bored and lonely. I didn't really have a lot of ambition before I became a Christian at all, really. So being bored was like a hobby. Um, (laughs) You know, I would be bored in school. I'd be bored in traffic. (laughs) It came very quickly. Um, Long trips, traveling. And and I didn't have a lot of friends, so I was lonely also. Um, So my, I am like, I just, the thoughts, I mean, I... Wow, if I hadn't done it, I've thought it, you know, like, and so just, they just would always wander and so curious and I, you know, and you watch so many, I I watch so many romantic comedies that are just not good for my brain. Yeah. You know, that you fantasize, I would fantasize about all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And even when I became a disciple that these habits still were there. Yeah. So I didn't really, as Chelsea talked about, I didn't unlearn my old habits. And even if I had brown boundaries, they probably, they were weak. I know they were weak or they just didn't exist. You know, so I really wasn't taking it seriously to unlearn my habits. Mm-hmm. You know, I still looked at a ton of stuff and just did whatever I want with guys. I dated a guy, didn't go too well, spent time alone. <laughs> 
you know, and it destroys your walk with God. It really does. And it, I mean, yeah. I've done a lot of things that really destroyed my walk with God. And I think when I saw that finally, I was like, I don't want to just, I don't want, just like she was saying, like, oh, wow, like, you're going to come to that point. Like, do you really, like, who's going to win? Yeah. Who's going to win? Mm-hmm. It's time to make a decision. And so, you know, I had to learn. I had to get advice from people who've done this right. I think even when we get advice, we're kind of like, thanks. Like, you still don't know what you're doing. <laughs> that was, like, yeah. It says to heed to advice. It means listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for your input. I will. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, that's like me coming. If I was getting help for my kid, you know, Finn, a boy who's very different than a girl. Oh, that's what you're supposed to do? I'm going to do something else. I don't know anything about a boy, infant. Even though I have a husband, it doesn't mean anything either. So, you know. People know more than me. Yeah. Because they've been mm-hmm. through it and they've been successful. So I'm yeah. going to listen to people who've been successful. I had to yeah. really learn that. I mean, one woman literally sat me down. I was like, I can't really help you with Mackenzie because you have no conviction on advice. And I was like, oh, dang. Wow. <laughs> wow. I was like, amen. Thank okay. you. That's the best thing someone ever said to me. Wow. So I was like, I don't want someone to even recognize that. <laughs> like, yeah. you're not going to listen to what I say. You're just getting advice because you know you need to, mm. you know? Wow. So I was like, all right, I want to change. <laughs> I don't want to listen to Satan. Yeah. I don't want people saying those kind of things about me. <laughs> yeah. And I have had quite a few things said to me, and I'm like, all right, amen. <laughs> you know, I think what um, is even the world kind of notices something, mm-hmm. that we are in the loneliest society that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. Which really doesn't even make sense. The amount of social media. Yeah. We have cars. We have trains. Like, you can get to people. Whenever I read the Bible, I'm like, wow, this letter probably took three months to get to this church. (laughs) They had to walk. You know, I can, and it, you know, it's only like a 30-minute drive for us. They took like, you know, five hours to get to their brothers (laughs) to encourage them or whatever. So it's just like. The world notices it. Mm-hmm. And I think we notice it, but we don't really do anything with it. Yeah. We're just kind of like, okay, I'm lonely. That's what I'm going to do. You know, even studies have shown that since the 1950s, friendships, close friendships that people have, have, like, continually gone down. And it's still going down. Like, people don't have close friendships. Mm-hmm. That people have traded things for people. That there are more mm-hmm. things in people's houses than there ever was. Mm. You know, that their floor is more full than of things than of people. Mm. And it, I think even really interesting, there's this case study done, and it was, about a, it was for addiction and trying to understand addiction. And they used rats to start it off with, obviously. And so what they do is they put a rat in a cage, and they give them water and heroin. Like, okay, what happens? And so basically once you try heroin, you'll be addicted. That was, that was a study. And so then, you know, the solution, take heroin out and you won't be addicted. Well, someone was like, this doesn't really make sense. I don't think this is right. So he retested it, uh, Dr. Alexander Bruce. And he said, I think the issue is the cage, mm-hmm. not the absence of the drug. Mm-hmm. So he created this awesome cage, what every little rat would want. <laughs> rat friends, maybe a rat girlfriend or boyfriend. I mean, the food, whatever rats eat. I guess it's cheese, maybe peanut butter. <laughs> um, and of course, heroin is still in the cage, mind you. Hmm. 
and they ne- they basically they would never overdose, and they eventually wouldn't want the heroin because they have their people, they have their food, they have their water. Mm-hmm. That we, that the rat needed to be connected socially, you know, mm-hmm. it needed to be connected to society. Wow. Needed to feel purposeful. Needed mm-hmm. to have something to live for. Mm-hmm. And if you just, if things just get stripped from you, like what a lot of, you know, addicts, you go to rehab, so you can't see your family or your friends, so good luck. That's really not the best way to deal with it. You know, our interventions, you know, that's what they do. Disconnection is a major trigger for um, addiction. And disconnection is a major trigger for being impure. So, and I don't think this is just about addiction. Yeah. You know, I, people go on to say that this, people need to be connected. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be connected. You know, um, and I think what's crazy is the world sees this. And they're trying to stop it. But are we trying to stop it? Mm. Are we trying to be connected with each other? Mm-hmm. I think it, it's just, you know, easy to think about, well, it's just, it's, that's, that's, that's an addiction example. No, addiction is just the loudest one saying it's lonely. Mm. You know, that's the loudest thing. Anything you do. I think we are on social media because yeah. we're lonely. You know, think of anything. You know, what, are, what do you get consumed with a lot of times? You know, are you consumed with God? Are you consumed with his body? Yeah. Because he's like, look, this is the way you grow. This is the way you understand the fullness of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we all are like, I want to understand that. You know, who are you connected with? Are you connected with more non-disciples than disciples? Mm-hmm. Look, we need to go save the lost and we need to be friends with people. But they're not going to help us grow spiritually. Yeah. We're trying to get them on the bus that we're on. <laughs> yeah. Come with us to learn spiritual stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, how many friends do you have? Do you have like one or two people that only know you? Like know everything. Well, if it's only one or two, that needs to increase. Okay. That needs to increase. You know, and even if you have a couple of people, do they know absolutely everything? Can you sit and say the most raw thing to them and mm-hmm. feel great about it? Because mm-hmm. that's the kind of people you need in your life. Yeah. That's what it means to be knitted and connected to each other. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, like I said, it's going to take retraining your brain, you know, mm-hmm. making those new decisions um, so that your hearts won't be darkened, yeah. so that your mind won't have this futile thinking. Um, now, we have to unlearn ourselves. You know, I think God believes in us so much. Yeah. He wouldn't have sent his son. No one would give up a child because, well, that's a good idea. Yeah. No, like they have some purpose behind. God has so much purpose for us, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't matter what your past includes. God can and will transform you. Yep. And yep. so, you know, take the time, unlearn your old self. Know your old self. Okay, this is what I did. This is what I, okay, I don't want to. And figure out, okay, how, how am I more connected to the body? Because you need it. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it crazy that you, like, go back to the little rat example. Yeah. Heroin literally has an addiction drug in it. Like, you should want to continue to go back to it. Yeah. But when it was tested, it was like, no, I'm so great. And it's been tested on humans because people are in the hospital all the time. And there is a drug that is used, like heroin, for people to feel better. 
people are, people get used use it all day long, mm-hmm. and we don't have a and they're not addicted, you know, mm-hmm. because they're you know probably have friends and stuff. Yeah. So it's so huge. It makes such an impact. Be connected. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to be knitted and joined together in your ministry. Who are the people you're going to figure out to be more connected to? Yeah. Because you will be mature and you will be pure. Yep. So, um, so I think just really think about this class and what Chelsea said and even just think about the body and like, okay, how am I going to do this? What do I need to change when you go back? Because impurity is hard. You can't just hear a great lesson and do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. You have to do something about it. Tell someone what you want to do about it. Yeah. And make the changes mm-hmm. um, so that we all can be built up and building each other up in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Awesome.